So last week I got to preach two messages. Who was here for the double whammy last week? So pastors Mike and Selena had to go and, and deal with something. And so uh, I suddenly, it took them the whole day to fix it. But um, so um, I got to preach the offering message. I had the best time on that one. And then uh, my regular message. I think I took longer with the offering than I did my reg message. And I was having fun with that order of Melchizedek thing. Shaka Zulu, baby. Did the ladies have fun at their Shield Maidens hangout last night? I heard you, like, took over uh, some dude's trolley. You broke the weight limit on it or something. Only seated 12, but you put 17 people on there. And the guy had no power to say, get out, get off. <laughs> he had fun. He had a good time. That's awesome. And then I heard the guys got together. Some guys got together last night to watch a fight. <laughs> and so uh, I wasn't there, but I heard about it. I was here. I was praying for all of you. So I think that was better use of my time. Who can agree? So today, I uh, want to share from the Word of God with you, continuing with the series that God has given us for this year. Look at the person next to you and tell him, this is a year of divine increase on every side. And so the passage of Scripture that the Lord gave me was Deuteronomy chapter 6, and this is our foundation Scripture for the year. And I like reading it every week because hearing at one time, faith comes by hearing, and hearing... And hearing by the word of God, right? And so in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 1, it says, These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you're about to enter and occupy. And you and your children, grandchildren, must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. Look at the person next to you and say, fear the Lord your God as long as you live. How do you do that? By obeying His commands and decrees. That's how we say that we fear God, right? And so it goes on to say, if you obey all His decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Look at the person next to you and say, a long life. I was thinking about this driving the other day. I'm like, why do we all think that if we hit 80, we've achieved something great? That's what a lot of people think. No, God gave us 120. 120 years. Look at the person next to you say, that's a long and satisfying life. And we're not dying by sickness or because parts are failing. We're going home healthy. When our assignment is done, we go home. The Bible doesn't say anything about you dying because you're sick. The Bible says you will have a long and satisfying life. And you will enjoy it. That's what that word says right there. You will enjoy. Not be like struggling, limping. Can I get an amen? Look at the person next to you and say, the devil wants you sick. He wants to knock you out. 
No, but the Bible says that if we'll obey the laws and the commands of God, if we will fear the Lord, we will have a long and satisfying life. We've been given 120 years. Imagine what you can do in 40 years with the wisdom you have at 80. You know how people say, I wish I was 20 again and that I, I know what I know now? Well, why don't you hit 80 and live another 40 years? Say, I'm retiring. Yeah, you're putting four new tires on and you keep going. <laughs> my Russian friend, thank you. I pay her to get my jokes. Say, I'm putting four new tires on. I'm retiring. It says, listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you. And you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey. Say abundance. Just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. Amen. Amen. We only got one God. There's only one. There's no, there's no demigods things. No, there's one God. Can we get an amen? Mm, I hope so. Because, you know, don't make me get into crystal balls and, and mediums and witchcraft. Don't make me go there. Look at somebody and tell them there's no mixture. There's no new age, a little bit of Jesus, add a little bit of crystal and Buddha and a hermit on the side with a prayer flag. No Hare Krishna, no wise sayings from some guru. There's the Word of God, Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? That's it. Say, so why are you so strong? Because people are crazy. And they don't know that if you want it to work for you, then you've got to do what you need to do. Amen. Fear God. Put everything else aside. When you come to Jesus Christ, you denounce and you let go of every other thing. That means you clean your house out. Your ancestral worship and all that stuff that came through your family line, it ends with you. You don't carry around that stuff. You're not into spells and incantations and, you know, talking to your dead relatives and reading the stars, your horoscopes. Some idiot sitting behind a desk looking at the stars is writing your future. And then you believe it like they know what they're talking about because they read the stars. I know the one who created the stars. Talk to him. I think he knows a little bit more about your future than some guy that reads stars through a telescope. So why are you getting so angry? God hates it. And I'm not angry. I'm really happy. So I'll tell you this vision I had the other day. I was praying with my spiritual mom. And while we were praying, it's like, the only way I can describe it is like I stepped into holy fire. That's the only way I can describe this thing. I stepped into like holy fire. And it, it burned through everything in me. My bones, my cells, my DNA. It was in me. It was on me. It was all around me. 
It was fire in my bones, fire in my eyes, fire in my words, just fire everywhere. Amen? And the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. That's what He is. And so when you step in His presence, there's fullness of joy. But when you step in His presence, there's a purification that He does in you with the Holy Ghost and fire. And I'll tell you what, when that is in you, you just burn for the Lord. And you can't just read Scripture. It just comes alive and it's like, ah! You just want to like tear stuff up. I'm the calmest person until I stand up here. And then something happens. Start reading the Bible and then it's like, what is this guy doing? I'm not mad. Look at the person next to say he's not mad. He's not angry. He's really, really happy. But you know what preaching is? It's declaring the Word of God with boldness. That's what preaching is. Amen? So that's what I do because it's real to me. Amen. So why are you giving all of this information? Well, there's some new people here. They might not understand. They'll leave you and they'll be like, this guy, he's angry. I'm not angry. I'm Arab, by the way. I'm an Arab African American. <laughs> Quite a combination. All right, moving right along. I need to get to my message. It says, listen to Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, all your strength. You must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commands I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk to them when you are at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands. Wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Lord, your God, will soon bring you into the land He swore to give you when He made a vow to your ancestors Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Here we go. It is a land with large, prosperous cities. You did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig. And you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant. And when you have eaten your full in the land, be careful. Look at the person next to you say, warning. Warning. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Warning. Warning. Says when you have eaten your full or when you have your abundance, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in Egypt. And family, in our abundance, we can get comfortable. How do we forget God? We forget His commands. We forget His laws. We forget His decrees. We forget His statutes. We get complacent. We get comfortable. We get nonchalant about God's presence. In America, you don't have any lack here. You can go get food stamps, you can get, all, you can get cell phones, you can get all kinds of stuff here. Paid for by the government, <laughs> a.k.a. the taxpayer. In Africa, there's no assistance. You need faith to live. You hear what I'm telling you? And so when you have an abundance and you have fullness, it's, I don't need God because I have stuff. I'm here to tell you some things are shaking right now. I don't know if you pay attention to what's going on in the world, but things are shaking. 
And we're not built, we're not building our lives on some shaky foundation. We are building our lives on the Word of God. And it doesn't matter what storm blows in the world, we will be secure in Him. It doesn't matter what needs hit the world, our needs will be met. Can we get an amen? amen. And so there's a shaking happening in the world, and let me tell you why. Because God is going to shift resources out of the hands of evil people and He's going to put it into the hands of the righteous so that we can see an end time harvest come in. Every time there's a shaking in the community or anywhere, it's because God is shaking things up to release things into the hands of His people. I've seen it every time. Anytime we're ready to move forward with something the Lord is telling us to do, something is shaking to release resources to us. So you don't have to worry about it. The person next to you say, don't worry about shaking. There's a whole lot of shaking going on. Shaking in the White House. Shaking in the nations of the world. Shaking in our school systems. There's all kinds of shaking going on. Say, don't be worried. Don't be afraid. Every little thing is going to be all right. And so we are already starting to see this scripture happen. You know, when we launched Club Here South Africa, we didn't have to build that church over there. We didn't have to do all of that. We just partnered with it. Amen. Yes, we went over there and we launched a company with, you know, an organization. But everything was already built for us to partner, to take what God has given us to expand it. We, we got that microgreen business. We wanted to start the farm to table thing you know, here at the church and for the school. And so Missy and I have been talking about it for a while. And it was a suddenly, a business that somebody had built. They'd spent two and a half years building the business with customers and clients and everything. And suddenly they have a divorce and there's nowhere to put this thing. They're selling the house. So they got to get rid of it. So we acquire something that we didn't have to build, that we didn't have to sweat to make, that we didn't have to put together. We brought it over here within two weeks, got it up and running and already selling product and making money. <laughs> Houses you didn't build, wells you didn't dig, cisterns. You, you with me? And so there's things that God will add to your life to bring divine increase. And it's not just in the finances. It's going to be in revelation. It's going to be in knowledge. It's going to be in dreams. It's going to be in encounters. It's going to be in hearing the Lord. You're going to see your relationships, your marriage relationship go from one level to another. You're going to see your peace level and your joy level go to another level. Can I get an amen? Everything about your life is going to prosper. Why? Because you fear the Lord and you're going to do what His Word says. Amen. And I tell you, we are going to be blessed beyond measure. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Those two angels, they follow me everywhere I go. So we are laying solid foundations. We're not worried about the increase. Increase comes naturally. It's a byproduct. But what we have to focus on is we have to focus on making sure our foundations are right. We have to make sure that our lives are lined up with what God says. In the book of Isaiah 55, 9 and 10, it says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So God's thoughts are different than our thoughts. And we want to get God's thoughts. 
when God, when you have a, a designer or a creator creating a product, they create that product and they have an original idea in mind concerning that product. When they create a product, they put a manual together. And in that manual, they explain to you what the product's purpose is. Look at the person next to you say, you need to read the manual for the products that you purchase. Men use things <laughs> in ways they should never be used. Like MacGyver, always coming up with some new way to use something. Oh, this looks like it'll work. Where is that thing? Oh, I don't know. He used it for this crazy thing. We go around you looking for certain things and they've disappeared. He is Mr. MacGyver. And there's pieces missing to certain things. And then we find them part of a new build, you know. Oh, there's that piece we were looking for. Guys are very creative. And so when you get a, a product manual, the product manual is, is going to tell you everything about that product. It's going to put in the warnings. It's going to tell you where to get that product replaced. It's going to tell you about the maintenance of the product. If it's a software product, the, the designer wrote the code for it, and he can reprogram that thing according to its original design. Amen? There's going to be warnings on that product. Do not operate this near water. And so when God created us, he gave us a manual. With the person next to you say, the Bible is your manual of operation. If you want to know who you are, how you're supposed to function, how you're supposed to treat other people, what you're supposed to do with your money, how you're supposed to live, what is the moral standard, how to deal with your children, how to handle your enemies, how to come into God's presence. It's all right in the manual. It's right here. God gave you a manual of operation. And the Bible says my people perish because they lack knowledge. So God's thoughts are not our thoughts. He has original thoughts about who we are and how we were designed. And if we're going to build our lives on the Word of God, we're going to build our lives on the truth of who we are and how things are supposed to operate. Look at the person next to you and say, we're going to build it on the truth. We're going to build it on God's thoughts. We're going to build it on God's ideas. I don't want to build my life on people's opinions. I don't want to build my life on people's suggestions or assumptions. Because an opinion is a point of view that has no certainty in it. Your opinions change every single day. What's that saying? Opinions are like armpits. Everybody has one and some of them stink. <laughs> you didn't know the rest of that? Okay. Well, I'm glad I remembered it. And so we don't want to build our lives on opinions. We don't want to build our lives on half-truths. Amen. We want to build our lives on the truth of the Word of God. Go to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching, Jesus speaking, and follows it is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When you build your life on people's opinions, people's suggestions, 
on fads and things going on in the world. You're building your life on shaky foundation. And I guarantee you, storms will hit your life. And when those storms hit, it will destroy your house. It'll bring destruction to you. Amen. And then you have to start building all over again. And so we're making sure if you're brand new to the things of God, we're laying solid foundations in you. If you're already seasoned and you already have foundations, we're clarifying them. We're shoring up those foundations to make sure that we're living on the truth of the Word of God. Can we get an amen? Because that's what the Lord told us to do. He said, make sure in your abundance and in your prosperity, you don't forget me. And we want to pull everybody back to the place where we're not forgetting to obey the Lord. If we are not living it, we're not teaching it. If you're not living it and you're getting lax with it, then you're compromising. And the very thing God gave you, you'll begin to lose. And I don't want, you to, I don't want to see you lose the blessing God has already given you. You've worked so hard to get to this point. Don't compromise. Don't backslide. Keep pressing forward because there's more. Can we get an amen? You haven't reached the limits. There is more available to you. There are unsearchable riches available to you in Christ Jesus. Last week, we started looking at the book of Genesis. And we took a look at creation. Who was here last week? We started looking at creation. And in the creation process, we see that God created the heavens and the earth. And then once He had created, He decided that it was time for Him to make some fish. He decided to grow some plants and put some trees on the planet. So when God was looking at the trees and the plants, He took from the soil and created from the soil trees. He used that substance to create something else. Then when God was ready to make some fish, He took water and soil, put them together and made fish to swim in the sea. When God made birds, He took some gas and He took soil and He made a bird to fly in the sky. When God made every creeping thing along the ground, He took dirt and formed them and gave them purpose to creep and crawl and be on the land. But when God created mankind, He looked to Himself. And he said, let us, Elohim, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, let us make man in our image. So you were made from God. You were born of God. God is spirit and you are spirit. Look at the person next to you and tell him the truth is, original truth, you are a spirit being made in the image and the likeness of God. Then the Bible says God formed man out of the dust of ground and put spirit in the man. And he became a living being. That means you have access to two realms. Look at the person next to you, touch him, say, hello, dirtbag. You're made of the dust of the ground. You have access to two realms. Your spirit has access to God and the kingdom of God. And your earth suit, your five senses, you have access to the natural realm. That's God's original design. When you die, your body expires and your spirit that will live forever will step out of the body and you will go back to your source. You will stand before God. It is appointed for man to die and then judgment. Look at the person next to you and tell him you will stand before God and give an account for your life. Let me say this about the Christians. I hope that's you. Say, that's me. When you stand before the Lord to be judged, your works will be put on the altar and they will be burnt with fire. If, you, if what you've built is wood, hay, and stubble, you will have no reward. 
But if what you've built is, is precious, is gold, silver, jewels, then you will have a reward. So your works will be tested by fire. You will not be judged for sin. Look at the person next to you. Say, God has forgiven you for your sins. He said, if you judge your own heart, you will not be judged. Amen. That's why we have communion. We check our hearts. We make sure that we, we're, we're, if we commit a sin, we're getting it clean right away. We're staying pure. Amen. But you will not be judged for your sin because God remembers your sin no more. God is going to judge you on the works of faith that you've done, and He's going to reward you when you stand before Him. It's not the same for the judgment of the unbeliever and the wicked. That will be a terrible day. Because there is, there is a second death, which is the lake of fire, and there's no coming back from that. That's why it is our assignment to love the world and to tell people the good news about the kingdom of God, that God loves them. Because family, if we don't tell them, their blood will be on our hands. And I don't want to stand before God and, and hear, you didn't tell them. No, we will be a church of believers who are ministers of reconciliation and we will lay down our lives even if we're persecuted and hated. We will tell people that God loves them and God has made a way for them to be saved, healed, delivered and have relationship with God Almighty because that's the price that Jesus paid. Can I get an amen? And every one of us are called to be evangelists. Every one of us are called to tell people about the good news of the kingdom. That's why it's important for you not to be silent. Uh, FBI, super hidden Christian, in the closet Christian. No, don't be a secret agent. Be bold. Tell people what God has done for you. I'll never know the people that are in your sphere of influence. You know them. And you need to be the light in that dark place. Look at the person next to you and say, don't be crazy now. All right, wait for the opportunity, pray for them, live a holy life before them, and minister life to them. Can we get an amen? amen. Say, so I'm a spirit made in the image of God. I'm a child of the Most High God. I've been placed on this earth with authority. I have dominion here. I am God's ambassador in the earth. That's who you are. You're a king and a priest. You're made to rule and reign in life. And you're here to minister unto the Lord and minister to people on their behalf. Amen. And so, God in the Bible set in place the laws of reproduction. Look at the person next to you and tell him, Every seed reproduces after its kind. And the reason God set those boundaries in place is so that creation wouldn't drift and morph into something that He did not create. I said this last week and everybody thought it was funny. But a mule is man's creation. A mule cannot reproduce. A mule is a cross between a donkey and a horse. It, it is a breed that man has put together. And so a mule cannot reproduce. It's sterile. Why? Because God doesn't want His creation to drift. He wants a donkey to be a donkey and a horse to be a horse. Can I get an amen? My favorite one is the liger. It's a cross between a lion and a tiger. They cannot reproduce. You don't see ligers running around. 
You see lions and tigers. But then man has to get involved and try play God and create things that he's not supposed to play with. Can I get an amen? That's why we have idiots in Wuhan labs, labs creating viruses that they shouldn't be playing with. Because man wants to play God. Always somebody thinks they're smarter than God. Full of pride and arrogance. And they're destroying things. Amen? And so God set things in order and things are not drifting. That's why evolution is fake. Because man did not go from a monkey to a human being. Everything reproduces after its kind. The law of reproduction. We were born of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I want you to understand that. Man was born of God. But then woman was born of man. Who knows that in the Bible? Oh, let's read it. Go to Genesis. Can you, can you believe that man had a baby? Some, some smart guy is going to go to that scripture and say, See, man can have babies. In Genesis chapter 2, or let's go Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them male and female. Look at the person next. You say, God created two genders. Just two. That's what it says there. It says male and female. There are people that believe there's like 80 genders now. See, this is why you've got to have the truth of the Word of God so that you don't get confused. And I tell you, if you're going to stand on the truth of the Word of God, you're going to get persecuted. You're going to be called, you're going to be called all kinds of things. First one will be racist. <laughs> because the minute somebody doesn't agree with you, the first thing they call you is a racist. Because they don't have any other word they can fight with. The Bible says if you get persecuted for standing on righteousness, your reward in heaven will be great. Can we get an amen? amen. Family, we're, stand, we're in a day and a time and a season where the world is trying to come up with its own truth. And they're trying to rewrite history. They're trying to rewrite science. They're trying to rewrite everything so that we think we're confused. We're not confused. Can I get an amen? We got our head on straight. We know what the Bible says and we're building our lives on truth. And we're not swaying to the left or to the right. We're standing on the Word. And the Word says God created male and female and that settles it. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I believe this Word and you're not going to change my pattern of thinking. My mind has been renewed to the Word of God, and you can kill me if you want to. You can judge me if you want to. You can call me whatever you want to, but I believe what God said. Then God said, He blessed them. Say, I'm blessed. To be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth, to govern it, to reign over it. You were created to govern and to reign. 
Then look, God says, I've given every seed bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I've given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over at all he made and saw that it was very good. So God was happy with his creation. Can I get an amen? amen. Say, God is happy. Then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 1, Then the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When He made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. Why? For the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. So there was a time when there was no rain. And there were no people to cultivate the soil. So God needed to put people on the earth to manage it before He caused things to grow. Look at the person next to you say, God is looking for people. To cause things to grow. God's looking for people who manage things for Him. Amen? And God wants things to grow under your uh, authority. And then it goes on to say, Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. And then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground, and He breathed the breath of life into man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there He placed the man. Say, God placed the man in His presence. So God was born, man was born of God in the image and likeness of God, and then God placed the man in His presence. And I know I'm here somewhere. Then the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees beautiful that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden, dividing into four branches. First branch called the Pison flowed around the entire land of Havilah. That's where gold was found. Look at the person next to you. Say, all the provision that you need for your life is found in the presence of God. He is your source and he is your supply. If you need provision for your life... Find your relationship with God and your provision will be restored. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure aromatic resin. Onyx stone are also found there. The second branch called the Gihon flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch called the Tigris flowed east of the land of Ashur. And the fourth branch is called the Euphrates. Then the Lord God placed the man in the garden to tend and watch over it. Look at the person next to you. Say, man has an assignment. He has a purpose that comes from God. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can eat it. If you eat its fruit, you're sure to die. So then God gave man law. Is that what that says right there? God warned him. He said, don't eat of that tree. Eat from this one. Eat from any other one. But don't eat of that tree because if you eat of it, you're sure to die. So here's what I want you to know. Before God born, brought woman forth, number one, he made man in his image. Look at the person next to you say, God made man in his image. Man is born of God. Say number two, God placed man in his presence. Say number three, God gave man purpose. He gave him work, gave him a job. Say number four, God gave man law. It came out of his mouth through relationship. God was teaching him. God was training him. Then the Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. Do we have any men looking for a woman? Not many. 
Do we have any woman looking for a man? They're like, all their hands go up. Right, ladies, all the single ladies, let me give you some biblical truth. The kind of man that you're looking for is a man that's born again, number one. He is born of God. Number two, he's filled with the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God, that he walks in the presence of God. He knows how to enter the presence of God. He knows who he is. He knows his purpose. He knows why he was designed. Number four, he obeys the voice of God. Can I get an amen? If you're going to find another man that doesn't know God, doesn't know his purpose, isn't born in the image of God, you're going to get a weird guy. You're going to get a strange man and you will not be happy. You'll be very, 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 very sad. And if you disobey the laws of God, I'm going to have to do a lot of counseling and my wife even more. And that's not going to be a happy day. And your children will suffer because of your consequence, your decision. And your grandchildren will not be happy. Who knows that ad when one thing just goes to the next thing and it's just a ripple effect of disaster? Please do not disobey the Lord, ladies. My biological clock is ticking. I need a man right now. Well, if you live to 120, you've got 40 extra years. <laughs> Chill. You got time. I'm going to be 120. Everybody's shaking their heads right now. Pastor, you went deep there. You just went too far. <sighs> so it's okay to have some fun. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed all the animals. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. He gave them names. But he couldn't find anything that was suitable for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. Verse 21. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs. Or he took out from the man's side. And he closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and brought her to the man. And at last the man exclaimed. He was like, yes. This one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. And she will be called, woo, man, because she was taken from man. <laughs> That's what really happened. That's why you were called, woe, man. Woo, man. This explains, look at the person next to you. Say, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother. It doesn't say why a man leaves his father and father or mother and mother. It says this is why a man leaves his father and mother. A father and a father cannot have a child. A mother and a mother cannot have a child. Because the laws of reproduction don't work that way. Can I get an amen? God designed man and woman to be together in holy matrimony, in marriage. God at the center of that marriage. According to the book of Malachi, God is there. He witnesses the vows you make on your wedding day and He joins you and the two become one. Two separate whole pieces become one in God with purpose to do the will of God. God, can I get an amen? amen? One can put a thousand to flight. Two can put tens of thousands to flight. You are a representative of Christ and the church. That's what a marriage covenant looks like. And you have power and authority. 
And man, if you could ever work together. Woo-sa. Shaka Zulu, baby. Look at the person next to you and say, marriage isn't about you. Look at somebody else tell them, marriage isn't about you. What I want, when I want it, how I want it. I'll get into that in a minute. <clears throat> Let's finish this up. Look at the person next to you say, your marriage is going to be stronger today. You're going to be really happy when you leave here today. And I love this part. Now the man and the wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So here comes Satan. And in chapter 3, we find Satan arriving on the scene, coming to deceive man. Look at the, at the person next to you and say, the enemy's purpose, the enemy's purpose is to confuse you, is to deceive you, is to twist what God said, get you to believe a lie. Because if the enemy can separate you from the truth, then you start building your life on deception. And if you build your life on deception, it'll bring destruction. Let me tell you what the enemy does. He comes and he lies to you. You believe the lie. When you believe the lie, you now begin to act differently. Because when you believe something, you begin to speak it and then you begin to do it. Right? So now your lifestyle is sinful. It's against God's design. It's against God's original plan. It's against God's original thoughts. When you sin against God, you feel guilty. Is this true? Guilt hits you. Somehow on the inside of you, you know it's wrong and guilt is there. Why? Because there's a real enemy and his purpose is to deceive you and then judge you and trap you. So guilt hits you. When guilt hits you, then shame hits you too. You're ashamed of your sin. You're ashamed of what you've done. Once shame comes upon you, you're now in fear. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. When man ate of the fruit that God commanded him not to eat, suddenly he was naked and ashamed and he went and he hid from God. He was afraid. And when you sin, you hide from God because you don't want to have to confess your sin and own up to what you did. Then what happens is the enemy comes to accuse you. He's not only a liar, but he's an accuser. And he accuses you and said, you did this. You hear that voice on the inside of you. Oh, what a Christian you are. And then you have some prophetic Family members who speak for the devil. And they confirm with their words that you're a sinner. What a terrible Christian you are. I thought you were transformed and changed. No, none of us have those people. We've got all holy friends. And then once you're accused, look at the person next to you say, once you get accused by the devil, now you sit under condemnation. And condemnation, you start being, woe is me, little pity party. I deserve my punishment. Judgment comes. And now you're locked in this prison where you believe you deserve the curse. You deserve destruction. And the enemy wants to put you in this trap, in this hole, where you are so far away from the presence of God that you don't walk in your authority. You don't, you don't even come to God and say, God, you know, I deserve the blessing. No, you believe you deserve the curse and you deserve punishment. And that's a trap that the enemy wants to put you in. And those are the things that separate you from the blessing and all that God has for you. It's all on the inside. Family, we're going to smash that today. I'm going to take Thor's hammer 
and I'm going to wreak havoc to every plan and strategy of the enemy to keep you separated from God. Can I get an amen? amen. Look at the person next to you. Tell him truth, truth. is not a subject you study. Truth is a person. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. It gets even better. The Bible says, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And I tell you, Jesus, the truth, is coming to set people free today. Can we get an amen? Amen. So let's go to, um, here's what I want you to see is that woman was born of man. This is authority in the house. Go to Ephesians chapter 5. So here in the Garden of Eden, God established the order in the home. Look at the person next to you say, there's order in the home. In Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 21, it says, And further, submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. For a husband is head of his wife as Christ is head of the church. He's the savior of the body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so your wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Then he goes to the husband. He says, for husbands, this means love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife is actually showing love for himself. That's pretty cool. So the the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as you do yourself. Married men, if you want to know how to love yourself, love your wife. It says, no one hates his own body, but feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. Then it goes on to say, as the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and a wife must respect her husband. So here's here's how it works. Out of God comes man. Man is born of God. Out of man comes woman. Out of woman comes children. So that's the order of authority in the house. Man has to submit to God. Woman has to submit to the authority of the man. And the children have to submit to the authority of the mother, but ultimately the father and ultimately God. That's the proper order for the house. That means man must lay down his life to care for his wife, to cherish her, to serve her, to love her. That means that a woman must respect her husband. That means you've got to watch your mouth. Can we get an amen? Amen. And if you will know your place in the order and you will submit to that order of authority before God, you're not doing it because pastor said it, you're doing it because the word of God said it. Then it goes into saying, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. And if you will honor your father and mother, you will obey them in all things. Then things will go well with you. 
Can we get an amen? amen? So the reason why this order of authority is, is because man was born of God, woman was born of man, and children were born of woman. That's the order of authority in the household. And so when each person just focuses on what's my job as a man, love my wife. Love is patient, love is kind, it is not jealous, boastful, proud, or rude. It doesn't keep record of wrong. Anybody with me? So we understand how to love, and we've got to pour out that love. Woman, we realize I'm going to respect my husband. I'm going to, I'm going to love him. I'm going, to, I'm going to respect him. I'm going to treat him right. If he needs me to do something, I'm there to help him in whatever he needs done. Why? Because he's hearing from God and he's moving our family forward. That's why you've got to get the man who is born again, found in the presence of God, knows his identity, knows his purpose. Anybody with me? He's listening to the voice of God and he's obeying God. When you've got your order right, if you build it right, you will be blessed and your children will be blessed. Can I get an amen? And now I know we've got a lot of mixed things, lots of weird stuff coming together. But we can get the order right. We can take the authority of the Word of God and we can start aligning ourselves with the Word of God. And you'll see everything will come into God's divine order. And you'll see the blessing of God hit your house. Can I get an amen? So we're building a solid household. Go to the book of Malachi. Some would call him Malici, the Italian prophet. Look at the person next to you and tell him we're all learning. We're all getting better. And I tell you, if we can understand God's thoughts and God's ways, and we can humble ourselves and submit to it and say, God, help me to live according to your order and structure, God will help you. That's what the Holy Ghost is for. Amen. That's what the Word of God is for. God doesn't show you something and then not give you the ability to do it. He'll come to help you because He wants you blessed. In the book of Malachi, chapter 2, verse 10. Well, let's go to verse 7. It says, The words of the priest's lips should preserve the knowledge of God. And people should go to him for instruction. For the priest is the messenger of the Lord of heaven's armies. But you priests must have... You priests must have God's parts. Your instructions have caused many to stumble into sin. You have corrupted the covenant I made with the Levites, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So I have made you despised and humiliated in the eyes of all the people. For you have not obeyed me and have shown favoritism in the way you carry out my instructions. Let me tell you something. God is not playing. Jesus is the head of the church and he knows the church. Amen. And there comes a point where if the men of God don't stand up and preserve the knowledge of God, there's coming destruction to that house. And there are things that are not right in the church and God is going to fix them. Can I get an amen? God is not just going to the White House and to your house. He's going to the church house too. He's going to the schoolhouse. He's going to every house and He's going to bring order. Amen? And so it goes on to say, in verse 10, and as priests, because we're priests and kings, as priests, we're supposed to preserve the knowledge of God and teach them to our wives and teach them to our children. Can we get an amen? Women, we're supposed to be priests before the Lord. And we're supposed to preserve the knowledge of God and teach them to our husbands and teach them to our children. Teach them to the people around us. Look at the person next to you and tell them, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, know God's laws. 
Obey God's laws and teach God's laws. Verse 10, are we not all children of the same father? Are we not all created by the same God? Then why do we betray each other? Violating the covenant of our ancestors. Judah has been unfaithful and and a detestable thing has been done in Israel and in Jerusalem. The men of Judah have defiled the Lord's beloved sanctuary by marrying women who worship idols. Men, when you find a wife, don't find an idol worshiper. Don't find someone who's all up in the horoscopes and all kinds of things. Find the woman that loves the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Find the right woman. I'll tell you why. Because the Lord... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I went too far. Woo! Sanctuary, woman idols. May the Lord cut off the nation of Israel, every last man who has done this, and yet brings an offering to the Lord of heaven's armies. So the Lord says, don't bring me no offering when you've married an idol worshiper. You've cut yourself off from the blessing of God. Here is another thing you do. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping and groaning because he pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with pleasure. You cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? Look at the person next to you. Tell him your prayers... And your offerings are part of your worship. Say, my prayers and my financial giving to God are part of my worship. And the Bible says God accepts some and He rejects others. What Pastor Selena was talking about is you've got to give from a heart of love. You don't give under compulsion. You don't give under pressure. Can I get an, get an amen? We don't give because people tell us to give. We give based on what the Word of God says and based on what we've decided in our hearts because we love the Lord and we want to honor Him. Amen? But there's some things the Lord doesn't accept. The Bible says that if you have ought with someone, if you're in the same household, you have ought with someone, maybe your wife or your husband, and then you come to church Sunday morning aggravated and upset with one another, and then you bring your altar to the offering, God says, no, go make it right before you bring your offering. Can I get an amen? And so we want to make sure that our worship is pure and that our lives are right before God. And if we will do it the right way, God will bless your offerings. God will bless your giving. Then it goes on to say, you cry out, why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. It goes even further. Because the Lord witnessed the vows you and your wife made when you were young, but you have been unfaithful to her. Though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife in body and spirit? Do you see that? When you get married, the Lord makes you one with your wife in body and spirit. And what does he want? He wants godly children from your union. Marriage is not about you. Marriage before God is about a generation upon generation of godly children. Parents that will teach their children the commands, the decrees of God. Teach them to obey the laws of God. Teach them to the order, what marriage is, how to come into the presence of God, how to live by faith, how to worship God, how to make sure your offerings are pure, how to keep your heart clean, how to love people, how to serve people. This is what God is looking for, family. 
God wants our family units to be whole. As for me and my house, we serve God. As for me and my house, we are a, we're mighty. God, it's right in our house. You know, the Bible says in the book of Timothy, if it's not right in your house, then don't try and minister in the house of God. Everything starts at home. And a lot of people are running away from the house because they don't know how to face the giants and deal with the giants in their very own house. Parents don't know how to deal with their children. Husbands don't know how to deal with their wives. Wives don't know how to deal with their husbands because their foundations are wrong. And if you'll get your foundations right, I'll tell you what, you come into a godly order and then the blessing of God hits your house and there's divine increase on every side. That's why when you see people come to the church broken and they start putting the pieces back together, how God just begins to turn everything around and begin to bless them. He breaks things off you, generational curses off you. He turns circumstances and situations around. He takes the pain and all the anger and judgment in your heart. He strips that out of you. He sets you on a solid foundation. God begins to reveal things to you, begins to speak to you. The peace of God comes in you. You don't worry about stuff as you used to worry about it anymore. Your whole life changes because you're building your life on a solid foundation. And God's showing up in your life and you're experiencing what Jesus said. You'll have life and life more abundantly. Family, let me tell you this. Fish were designed to live in water. Birds were designed to fly in the sky. But man was created to live in the presence of God. And if you live outside of the presence of God, all you have is death. And that's what Jesus died for, to bring you back into the presence. Can I get an amen? You opened up my eyes to so much more. I saw the scene shattered. The moment you came down and